Let's pray. That'd be good. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you that in this house, there is a transparency. There is a, there's a realness that allows us to be ourselves. We thank you, Father, that we can, we can actually be real with each other and with you, God. And ultimately, that's what you've always wanted. Just want your kids to love each other and love you and love the people around them and actually to love themselves. So, God, we thank you for that. We thank you for that. As we, this morning, as we sit in your lounge room as one big family together, and we listen to each other talk and we sing songs together. Lord, would you open our hearts to the beauty of the reality of your kingdom and your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. And welcome to Teen to Katrina's sister in church with us this morning. Ah. Last week was amazing and, and look, you know, there's something so incredible that happens. I, I don't need that one, do I? Thank you, Roger. There's something that amazing that happens when we just let God be God. Don't you think so? Like, put up your hand if, if, if something significant happened to you last week. Just put up your hand, those of you. Yeah. Something did, didn't it? Just, I'll just have that mic back. Thanks, Phil. Yeah. What happened significant? Who put her hand up here? <laughs> what happened to you last week significantly? Um, God really spoke to me about a lot of things. He yeah. started giving me new vision. And I think when I was down on the front having my encounter, I feel like God just helped me to let a lot of things go. Yeah, And right. just, just let things go and then give me a new vision for my life. And... I was just so grateful for that time just to spend in yeah. his presence. Because sometimes it feels like, Kay, doesn't it? Like there's just everything just feels, especially in this season we've been in of COVID and all that we've been through. I mean, it's been a really frightening time for a lot of us. We've gone through a lot of emotions. We've, they're actually saying that emotionally we've been through a war. And after a war, it's sort of like you're still bracing yourself for the next war. It's like you just can't relax. And so there's all this build-up inside of you. Now, we can't get rid of that ourselves. We can, we'll just bury it. And, and when we bury it, like Pastor Phil says, if you don't deal with those issues, they're going to they're gonna come and bite you or your kids or your grandkids at some stage. And so there's this beautiful thing that happens because we're talking about the rebuilding of the altar of God. And when we get real with God and we present ourselves to the living God, he can do for us what no one else can do, what we cannot do ourselves. He reaches inside of us and he, and he rearranges our inner being. And he, and he takes the fear and he draws it out and he puts in faith. Like there's a divine exchange that happens when we present ourselves to God. And you said, you know, you got let go of a lot of stuff. And I know, Kate, like your, your life has been tough with sickness and with things you're going through, trying to have a baby. You know, we need to continue to pray for, for these guys for another baby. Last time they couldn't have a baby, they were just about to do IVF. We prayed and she fell pregnant. Let's do that again as a family, amen. Because God can do those things, can't he? Who else was it? Who else put Julianne? What happened? It was Pastor Julianne. Um, 
Holy Spirit's been revealing a lot to me since last Sunday. Yeah. Um, and even this morning, uh, I went back to pre-giving birth just before Ashley was born. Right. And that I cleaned out all the cupboards and God revealed to me that um, we've got to clean out the cupboards before we give birth to things. Wow, and, wow, um, wow, wow. And so last Sunday I felt God was revealing untruths yes. to me. And in that, uh, through the week, there's been forgiveness and unforgiveness and yep. things that I've had to present in prayer wow. to the Lord. And, um, and I also feel that that's preparing us for what's coming. Absolutely. In Jesus' As name. As a people. Yeah. It's so true. Because, you know, there, there is a preparation of the Holy Spirit for each season that we go through. We know that biblically, he prepares us by writing it in his word. Like, this is going to come. This is going to happen. These things are going to happen. But then by his spirit, he prepares us. It says that I will, I will, in the word of God, it says, I will not let you go through anything unless I first give you the strength. So he knows that things are going to change in our world quite rapidly and they're going to continue to change. But the people of God who know their God will be prosperous. Those who know their God will arise and shine in the middle of darkness and will be the ones that say to people, it's okay. God has got you. God has got this because he has prepared me. But if we've got all our stuff inside of us, if we're all banged up, if we're in fear, if we don't know what's going on, if we haven't read our Bibles and read the directions, you know, the manufacturer's directions how to fix things, then we just stay stuck. And see, the enemy loves a stuck church because a stuck church can't help anybody else. And there's a whole, whole world of people that are longing to know the Jesus that is real. And guess what? They spot a fake. I reckon dogs, kids, and now everybody. <laughs> they spot a fake. You can say you're a Christian to the cows come home. Reinhard Bonnke used to say, the eyes are the windows of the soul. And every now and again, Jesus looks out my windows. You know, when, when, when Jesus looks out the windows of your soul at other people and they see what's in your eyes and they see what's in your life, not the perfection of your life because no one is ever going to be good enough. But when they see the love of Jesus, when they see the grace of Jesus, when they see the peace of Jesus, when they see these attributes that he is placing inside you through these encounters with him, then they're going to want that. You know, you, you know, there's a saying that says, if you want to take an old bone off a dog, offer him a steak. Because if you try and take the bone out of his mouth, he's going to bite you. But if you offer him a steak, he'll drop his old bone. And see, Jesus and the lifestyle of Jesus is a steak that the world don't even know that it exists and they're still chewing on their old bones, trying to find satisfaction and fulfillment. But we have the answers. Who else put their hand up? You're all not going to put your hands on that. I'm not saying anything. What about you guys? What's been happening in your world since you've been hanging around us? So I think since 
I think last Sunday, um, um, the encounter I had was just like God made me realise that um, I had been living, well, just believing certain lies. And um, through that encounter, he was able to show me that um, those lies, you know, I don't need to, to believe anymore. So um, through the week, it's just been me and God processing those untruths um, and um, being able to, you know, just process that and, and just having those quiet times and, and I think just breaking down those walls that, you know, I've just that hard that hardness I've had around my heart and just chipping that away. Yeah. So that's basically... You actually physically look different. <laughs> you actually look different, yeah. Who said amen? Someone said yes, that they, yeah, Candice is saying that. You look so different. Yeah. What about you, buddy? Uh, last week was a renewal for me. Um, it was just experiencing the Lord after being in warfare and just, I guess, sitting in his presence and just hearing from him and encountering him and exploring all the things he's been saying to me that I haven't been listening to for, a, I guess, a long time of being drowned in warfare. So for me, it's just this deepness that's exploring and renewing and filling that cup. Um, so growing from that and just opening up to him even more and allowing those emotions and that spiritual connection to flow. powerful so powerful and I know that many of you have had encounters similar to that have you got that track Nate? yeah you know I shared last week that that I was saved through an encounter with God and that's why encounters are so important you know I mean otherwise we end up with religion if we're not connect actually connecting with God then we end up just doing religion. We just end up doing the stuff that looks right. We go through the motions. You know, it can get like that in a marriage. You, know, you can be married to a person living in the same house and actually be strangers because you're kind of just cohabiting. And you can get like that with God where you're just cohabiting with God. And so we need these encounters that bring us back to that space. This morning I'm trying to have a conversation with you because that's what it is. You know, we're... It's, it's time for conversations. I'm sure a lot of you have had too many years sitting in a pew, sitting in a seat, listening and then walking away not changed. Listening and not feeling like there was a conversation that was had between your spirit and God's spirit. Listening and hearing good words. But what have those words done for your life? Have they brought transformation? Because without the spirit of God, we are lost we can words just become religion just becomes a dead stale religion and Jesus came to relieve us of religion you know the the Pharisees would do their do their ceremonies and 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 all their stuff and all the real people that really needed God were outside and left outside because they weren't good enough to come in but Jesus came and he went out into the streets and he found the soul of every man and woman. He looked in the eyes of every person and he found them. 
He came looking for the children that were missing. He came looking for the lost sheep. He came looking for the one that had not been found. And it didn't matter what their lives were like, what kind of lifestyle they had. He wasn't looking for their sin. He was looking for his his family. And he found his family out in the street. He found his family in prostitution rackets. He found his family as tax collectors. He found his family, you know, sick and diseased and being um, tormented. He found his family being oppressed and depressed by Satan himself. And he healed them and he delivered them and he spoke into their lives. And he spoke identity and he gave them life. He came. Jesus said, I have come to give life and life in abundance. You see? And when we connect with him, that's when change happens. Not when we connect with church. Because as I said last week, unless church is inviting Jesus to come, then church is just a building like a social club. Because it's only Christ and the Spirit of God that actually brings change, transformation, and actually brings identity into our lives. And so I shared last week, I was 21, I'd never heard the gospel, I'd never, no one had ever talked to me about Jesus, you know, I was in show business, I was climbing the, 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 the fame ladder, had recording contracts, driven around in limousines, had everything that money could buy, flying around different countries, you'd think that I'd be happy, right? No, I was miserable. Because inside of me, there was a cry. There was a cry in all the faces that I sang to every night. There was a cry inside of me, does anybody actually see me? Does anyone actually see me? I know that you see the makeup and the facade and the performance, but actually, do you see me? And we were were watching... um, Adele, I made Phil watch it a couple weeks ago. And she was doing a a night with Adele. And it was a a room full of show business, very famous show business people. And here she is, she's she's singing real life lyrics. And I'm watching as the whole crowd is just being undone. Because she's actually telling the story of their lives, what they're really like behind the scenes how miserable they are, how most of them have to take drugs to sleep and drugs to wake up, how most of them hate themselves, actually, actually literally hate the image of they've created for themselves. And I was to that stage. I'd created an image for myself, but it wasn't me. And who was me? And did anyone see me? And so I got to this stage where I began to cry out, And in this hotel room, there was a Gideon's Bible in the drawer. And I pulled the Gideon's Bible out of the drawer. And I put it to my chest, not even understanding that that God had written this, that anything to do with God. I just thought, well, there's got to be some comfort in this book. And I put it to my chest, got in a fetal position, just, just, you know, trying to resolve this whole issue of my world and where it had come to and where I was at and the fear that gripped me and the, the pain that had gripped me. And then this book started to get warm and the warmth started to go through my body. 
like a river of warmth. It was like warm oil just going right. And I'm thinking, what the heck? And I kept pulling this book away and looking at it. What is going on? Is this a trick? What is going on? Then this warmth would go through me again. And I'm thinking to myself, what the heck is this? And I heard a voice within me say this. This is liquid love. This is the love you have always searched for. And I just went into this really deep sleep. I mean, honestly, I'd never slept really properly, even as a child. The fear was so great in my life. The night visitations were so intense. The things I walked through as a child, as a teenager, were, were, were quite graphic. And I didn't sleep. But right at that moment, I went into a sleep and I thought to myself, I feel like I'm in my mother's womb. I feel so safe for the first time in my life. And this love was just pouring through me. And when I woke up, I felt there was something in the room with me and I'd had scary things in the room with me in the past and, and I was afraid. And I went to turn around in fear and the whole side of my room was lit, lit, lit uh, up with this huge white blinding light. And I was trying to see in the light what, what was there. And there was a face of a man in the light right above my head. His hair was white like wool. He had a white beard. His eyes were like looking into the deepest ocean. They were so blue but so clear. And it's like I could see forever inside of his eyes. He had this kind smile that looked at me and, and his lips were not judging me or I knew he could see me. I knew he could see right through me, but he was not judging anything about me. He wasn't, he wasn't looking what I had done or what had been done to me, but he was looking at me. And for the first time in my life, I realized that inside me that someone could see See, the Bible says, I am the God who sees you. I am the God who sees you. So he's looking straight at me. And these lips so kind and so gentle. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder who this is. Honestly, I had no idea. I was thinking it might be God, team. But is that what God looks like? I have no idea. I had no idea whatsoever. And then he began to speak to me, but he didn't move his mouth. There was no words. It was like he was speaking from his spirit, and it was hitting my spirit. And he said to me, speak my name, and you will be saved. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't even know your name. But you know what? We were created in the very image of God. And when we come face to face with that image, it doesn't matter if you've never believed in him, if you've never heard about him, if you've had wrong concepts of him, there is something that's inside us, the very image of God that was created before the beginning of time inside of us that says, I know who you are. I don't know you, no one's told me about you, I've never read about you, but inside me, because I'm created in your image, I know who you are. And I just said, Jesus, 
And as soon as I said his name, I began to cry and to cry and to cry and to cry. I was 21. I hadn't cried since I was 15. I'd shut, I'd shut it off. I'd become hard. I had a hard heart. Yet I was a very soft, loving person. But my heart had gotten hard. And he said, cry, my child, and cleanse your soul. And as he said this, and as I was crying, I saw the years of my life from when I was a little baby, like a ticker tape, just going through. And I saw the times that things had happened to me, places of devastation, places of loneliness, places of abuse, all the way through my life. And he said to me, I was there, I was there, I was there, I was there. I was there, and he showed me the picture of him being in every picture. I've always been there. He said, when you walk through the waters, I'll be there, and through the flames. You will not be drowned. You will not be burned, for I am with you. And then he came really close to my face, about this far away. He said, now follow me. You see, you can't walk away from an encounter like that and not be changed. And I asked him recently, this is only just weeks ago when I was in Queensland, Jesus, I know that you showed yourself to me as the glorified king, because I'll read you the scripture in a minute. The way that I saw him, the color of his hair, his eyes, Everything about him was not the Jesus that hung on a cross, but it was Jesus, the glorified King, who was risen from the dead, who was seated at the right hand of the Father and rules and reigns in all authority and power. Why would you show me at my salvation the glorified King, even though I didn't understand who he was? And he said to me just a couple of weeks ago, in an encounter, in the bathroom, in a hotel where I was preaching. And he said, Julie, I showed you myself as the glorified king because I knew the time would come 40 years later that you would reveal me to my people. That that revelation would grow so much in you over 40 years that you would actually be able to present me as I am. That you would tell my people that in the days that they live in, that the glorified king is alive and he sits at the right hand of the father. The glorified king who is coming back in all power on a white horse in the clouds of heaven to rescue his people from this earth. The glorified king who will step into this earth just before it begins to implode on itself and stop it. Because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the mighty God. We think that things are out of control, but I'm telling you, he knows exactly what is happening. And so you may ask yourself, what is he waiting for? Because there's going to come a day when he is going to take his people off this earth and take them to a new heaven and a new earth while he sorts this place out. Then he's going to bring us back down to live with him in peace forevermore. That's the scriptures. So what is he waiting for? 
He's waiting for his people, his church, his family to know that he is the God who sees you. He's waiting for you to get the revelation that there has been an enemy who has lied to you, who has given you an identity that is not your own, who has stripped you of your the very image of God. And right now across the earth, he is mocking the identity of God as he changes identities and messes with people's heads and messes with young people's identities and who they are. As he kills millions of babies, he's mocking the very image of God. As, he, as school shootings happen and little children are paying the price, the enemy is mocking the very image of God and he's trying to destroy as many as he can before they know him. But on that note, let me say this to you. Every child goes to heaven. Every child, those little children are in the arms of Jesus today. Every child. And that's if they've been aborted, if they've been killed, if they died naturally. Every child is in the arms of the Father and is being raised in heaven, and one day we'll all be united with those children. They're growing up there. My mum lost her a baby, her first baby, through water on the brain, and, and uh, it died full term. And she, you know, in those days, they wouldn't talk about it, they wouldn't do anything about it. They would just pretend it didn't happen. They would be thrown into a nameless grave. They wouldn't even tell them the sex of the child. And, and you would just not talk about it. So she gets into her 60s. And she's carried this pain all her life since this happened. No one's ever talked to her about it. She never even knew the sex of her own child. She's in the bathroom praying to God. And she goes into an encounter. And she's taken to heaven. She said she stood on the grass and it didn't bend because everything was alive. And she said, and the colours, Julie, the colours. And the peace. And, and, and you could see everyone was just so happy. There was no fear. There was no enemy there. There was no wars. There was nothing. It was just the most beautiful place. And there was Jesus standing there. And I said to Jesus, why have you brought me here? And he said, look over there in the field. And there was a beautiful girl with long black hair running across the field, a woman now. And she said, who's that? And he said, that's Amanda. He said, who's Amanda? It's your daughter. She's waiting here for you. And she'll be the first one you see when you come. Again, an encounter with God brought revelation, brought truth, brought healing restored my mother's heart. She was able to forgive my father and forgive the nurses and forgive the doctors. You know, she was able, like all those years she carried that pain and encounter took her to that place. See, he's interested in you. We look at the, the whole world and we think, oh, it's such a mess. Surely God hasn't got time for me. But I'm telling you, this is the God that we serve. At this moment in time, you're the only one he sees right now. He's looking right at you. He's looking right into you. He's going, this one's mine. You're mine. 
And he longs for the day when we are eternally with him, where we can all sit together and we're all free of this place and all the stuff. And he locks that old Satan up and destroys every satanic evil thing. And he brings these people home to live with him. He said, there'll be no more tears. You'll lie down with a lion. There'll be no more fear, no more pain. He longs for that day. But he's waiting patiently and has been since the beginning of time that his kids will come home to him. And when I say kids coming home to him, it's not just about saying a prayer. You know, Jesus, I believe in you. You are the son of God. Because that prayer only opens a door. It opens the door for him to come in and totally transform you into the image of God. To restore everything back to its original intent. That's his plan for you. What was written in my book? What did I write about you, Kobe? In the beginning of time, before you were formed in your mother's womb, Psalm 139 says that he wrote every day of your life in his book. He knew every day before it came to pass. What's written in that book that we have never read because we're too busy writing our own books? We're too busy writing our own story over the top of the story that he's written. And yet there is, as Julie says, a golden thread. A golden thread right through our lives where he'll just visit us and draw us, heal us, and relationally connect with us again and draw that golden thread together as he reveals who we really are. This has got nothing to do with the sermon I wrote. To let you know that. You know, I've got some really good theology here. Spent me spent hours on it. But maybe God just wanted to have a chat this morning. Do you know what I mean? Maybe he just wanted to come down and have a chat with us and love us. You know, we're talking about rebuilding this altar. Every week we want to open this altar. And every week we want to pray for you. And every week we want you to meet with him. Because there's a transforming appointment every week here. And then as these people have said, as you take that home with you and build an altar in your home where God is, where you get on your knees before him and say, you know those lies that were revealed on Sunday about me? What's your truth? Because the Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just bow our heads before him, just where we sit. You are gracious and glorious, King Jesus. You meet us right where we are. You come and you unlock us. Come and find us. 
because we're lost without you. We really are lost without you. So this morning, would you take our heart of stone and would you give us a divine exchange? Would you give us a heart of flesh this morning? Would you write your word upon our hearts? Would you write your laws upon our hearts and move us by your spirit to live them? Would you take us out of this lie of religion that tells us that we have to do X, Y, Z to please God, that he would love us? Would you take us out of the performance? Would you... Would you release us from these identities that we'd formed for ourselves that we thought might please you? And would you reveal our true selves before your throne this morning? Let's just stand to our feet in the place, in this place. Maybe Julie can, Julie's there. Yeah, great. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Julie sang that song this morning, I am not staying here. Maybe you could just do Yeshua, maybe. Yeshua, yeah. She, sang, she wrote that song, I'm not staying here, because it was, like, it was like all of us had gotten stuck over COVID, and she was like desperately writing a song, well, I'm not going to stay here. I'm moving forward. Amen. So this morning, let's just wait in his presence for a moment. Let's move forward in him. Jesus, we thank you for your presence. I know you can feel his presence because it's so thick in this room. His love is so real in this room. There's angels all around this room that are, that are smiling and singing to God because they're seeing the hearts of his people that are choosing to be real and transparent with him. They're seeing the walls come down of religion and they're seeing the true Lord Jesus reach in and find his family in this room. Maybe you've never ever realised like myself that Jesus can transform your life, that he has eternal life for you, that he has another life that he has written for you. Maybe you've never considered that, but I want to pray with you this morning, just as every eye is closed across this room. Just lift your hand up, just live, no one else can see and say, pray for me, Julie. I'm not going to, yes, thank you for that hand up there. Thank you for that one too. Thank you. You know, darling, God has brought you here today for, for a real reason. I knew it when I walked in the door and I saw your beautiful face, that this is be your day. This is real, what God is saying to you. He's looking for you. He has a plan for you. And this is real today. Is there anyone else? Just lift your hand up, just put it down, and then we're going to pray a prayer together. Yep. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. saying, I just want eternal life. I, I, just want to, I just want to know that if anything happened to me right now, I know where I'm going. Maybe that's you today. 
Just lift your hand up so he can see it, not me, and put it back down. Receive Jesus this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just all close our eyes across this room. We're going to say this prayer, all of us together. And if you say this prayer this morning, you mean it from your heart. You've got to know that you are born again, that you are now a part of the family of God, and that you can now outwork the, what he's written about you, not what you've written for yourself. Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. He said, whoever opens the door, I will come in. He's standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking. Whoever opens that door, I will come in. And he wants to come in this morning. Let's just close our eyes right across this room and say this prayer after me, everybody together. Jesus, I see you standing at the door, knocking on the door of my heart. And this morning, I choose to open the door and let you in. Come into my life. Lord Jesus, change me, transform me, and find me. I live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you, Lord. I wonder if I could just have the worship team. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to sing that song, Yeshua. And we are just going to open up this altar. If again, you want to encounter God, why don't you come to the altar? We'll lay hands on you. I just want to pray for this young girl. Just come forward, darling. Bring her forward, um, Ashwin. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Let's just sing this song and let God begin to stir our hearts. We thank you, God. Yeshua, this song, Yeshua. Some of you might think, what does that mean, Yeshua? It is the name of Jesus in Hebrew. It's his, it's, his, it's his Hebraic name. Yeshua means Jesus. Amen. So let's just sing this song, sing his name. And this morning, if again you want to come to the altar of God and receive this gentle touch of God, this transforming power of God, there is a sweet, sweet, sweet anointing here for you. Come on, let's sing this song. We thank you, Jesus. Let's press in. Oh, yeah.